And on behalf of the Odyssey team, I'd like to express our gratitude to you, our listeners, for supporting the show for all this time. Thanks for making us a part of your family. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Odyssey Geek. This is episode number seven. I'm Austin. And today I'm very happy to have another guest on the show. This person is probably familiar to most of you out there. He's been around the audio drama fan community for quite a while. And this is his first time on the podcast. So welcome, Christopher Green. Thanks, Austin. Happy to be on the show. And this is your first time on like a full-fledged Adventure Odyssey podcast. Am I correct? That is correct. Christopher actually co-hosted audio theater central pretty recently and he did such a great job there and he'd do a great job here too exactly now i feel like a famous person just doing the the press tour rounds or something <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah where can we get a copy of your book <laughs> um in the future i suppose <laughs> so pre-order start the pre-orders now people yeah probably like 50 years in advance or something <laughs> Well, today we have a really interesting discussion. Today we are going to be talking about Adventure Odyssey, of course. And Adventure Odyssey has been around for over 30 years, getting close to 35 before too much longer. And the question we're going to tackle today is, why has Adventure Odyssey lasted so long? Let's do it. Alrighty, here we go. So Adventures in Odyssey actually isn't the longest running radio drama in the world. What? I know, I probably thought that at one point. But actually, I think at least in the U.S., there is another Christian audio drama called Unshackled that's been running since 1950. So that's 70 years. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And they still, well, not with the shutdown stuff happening right now, but they usually record like before the live audience with... um live sound effects and live music and the actors uh, reading their scripts, which is, I'd really like to go to one of the recordings someday. I think that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Yeah. And actually, I believe the longest running scripted audio drama in the world is a radio soap opera Mm. on the BBC called The Archers. And I believe its first episode aired in May 29th, 1950. And I think Unshackled aired their first episode on September 23rd, 1950. So basically, both of them have been around for about 70 years. But the Archers have Unshackled beat out by just a little bit. BBC audio drama is just, I feel like, a fascinating study in the world of audio drama. In the sense that over here in in North America, um, that, you know, audio drama kind of took a hiatus when tv became popular and then it became sort of a thing again in like you know you know uh with like the 80s with adventures and odyssey and then especially at the advent of new media and things like podcasting and online distribution um for a lot of indie productions has kind of made it kind of be more of a thing here in north america but it it never really stopped being a thing in britain which was which is fascinating to me you know there's always been some form of audio drama uh even when tv came in i and I'd really be interested at some time to go into a deep dive onto why that is. I don't know why that is, but it would be an interesting thing to look into. Well, I think one of the reasons is both Unshackled and I think The Archers also is it's very minimal sound effects. A lot of it I don't think is done in, I don't think there's a lot done in post-production. So it's like, you know, fast, easy, cheap. And I think that's one of the reasons why those shows have been around for so long. And Odyssey is quite different because that's one of the first things that um, came to my mind thinking about why Odyssey has lasted so long or, lo- or why it's so popular. The people that produce it, they have such a commitment to quality when it comes to writing, when it comes to acting, when it comes to sound design. And like back in the 1980, 1987, when the show officially started, you know, sound effects, you know, wasn't the soundscapes weren't near as big as they are now. Sure. Like if you compare the first episode, Whips Flop, to um an episode today or like uh the jake muller adventures or ga henty or something like that you're gonna hear a total total difference but at the time it was pretty impressive for its time oh for sure as the technology has changed they've been able to make the show 
sound even better. In, in a sense, I think you you could give Odyssey the award for the longest running. Like, like it's almost another genre in the sense that, or almost another medium almost, I guess I mean, in the sense that um, a lot of, you know, like BBC productions or, 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 or are more in, like you say, that old time radio fashion where, or like Unshackled is doing where you're in front of a live studio audience. And, you know, it, it's more of a play, like they would say, you know, an older term we hear is radio plays. But Odyssey has never been a radio play, unless you count, count like, um, you know, a few of the live episodes they did. But outside of that, it's never been a radio play. It has been, it's closer to the the movie versus the stage play, you know, kind of thing. It's closer to, to that. And I think that's why, like you say, it's got that immersive soundscape that you would not hear in a live production uh, because it's just not feasible um, to really do. So that really, really draws out that um, that quality that and that commitment to quality, like you mentioned, you know. And they've done so many amazing, like, I'm somebody who got into working on audio and audio production because of listening to Adventures in Odyssey. And I feel like I'm definitely not alone in saying that, uh, that there's lots of people that have gotten their hand into whether it's been writing, acting, or some form of media production because of listening to something like Adventures in Odyssey, you know? And uh, just the way that they were able to work with sound effects and things has just always impressed me. Yeah, exactly. And also, too, at the time when Odyssey was first came around, a lot of people were telling focus on the family and the people there. Like, this isn't going to catch on. Kids aren't going to be listening to the radio. They're going to just be watching like cartoons all the time or that kind of stuff. And they're not going to want to listen to the radio to stories. And those people that said that. I'm glad we're proved wrong that because they did such a good job at making a compelling story, most of all, and, you know, getting great actors to make these characters come to life. Basically, Odyssey was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought some of the actors that were on Old Time Radio, like Parley Bear, um, Hal Smith, Janet Waldo, Alan Young, and basically they upgraded the kind of radio dramas that had been done before, and... I think probably around that time, the most elaborate radio dramas at the time. And since then, other, you know, other Christian, other family-friendly audio dramas, and even the secular world has done more audio drama. But I think even still, Odyssey is a, I think it's a gold standard when it comes to quality overall for, um, you know, writing, acting, sound design, things of that sort. Absolutely. I I totally agree on that. I think, um, yeah, they really have set a standard. They've shown how it can be done and if they've made it viable in a in a world where that it was just an underdog medium at the time you know i think around that time maybe the only kind of thing i can think of that that at least that i'm aware of that would have been like a similar kind of approach and everything uh in the would have been actually the star wars uh radio dramas that came out um they had uh they're 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 described as simple, but honestly, they did a uh, better than a lot of <laughs> productions today. Um, so they did a good job. They went uh, immersive, but yeah, no, it worked. And it's interesting too that, it, like you say, it's still working. People are still interested, and like you say, it was ahead of its time. With now the advent of new media, new po- and podcasting, and kind of thing like that, it works uh, so much better. And yeah, it is that gold standard. I've heard a lot of other shows, and some are, some are good, and then we're getting more and more that are uh, rivaling that level. But uh, but no one's been doing it as long or as consistently. Yeah, and also too, like you said, a lot of people were inspired to do their own shows from Odyssey, and I think that's Odyssey is kind of like lifting other people up or lifting other shows up because of they're being them being around for so long and um i know i've talked with some of the people that work on the odyssey and they have been super super nice people and some of them have you know helped me out on you know if i ask them questions or um some people if i ask them if they would you know play a role here and there they've been so so great to work with and great to talk to and the people behind it they're they're really they love they love their fans and they they really they really try to reach out to them 
And I think that also, too, if you have people behind a show that are horrible people, people might like the show, but, you know, if they try to, you know, you know, send a fan mail or interact with them, then the show would probably suffer some, you know, fan loss. But, you know, Odyssey, the fans have stuck around for many years or they may go away for a while, like, you know, if they grow up a little bit and they may not hear then come back. But the people in the show have been really really nice and i think that's also another plus as well i think you kind of touched on one of your other points here which is the acting too when you mentioned some of the people involved as well and the actors and things you know they have high high quality actors high qual uh caliber actors and i would say that you know if you check out a new indie audio drama that's usually one of the things that sticks out and it's the hardest thing to overlook like you can overlook quality sometimes but the acting is really hard to overlook especially when the actors are your only guide to the story um as a listener you know compared to a film where you know maybe the acting's bad but you might say well the acting was pretty terrible the story was pretty bad but the you know the the vfx were cool and uh and you you don't really have as much of that excuse in something like this so but they're using like not just like they, they, a lot of these people are well-known actors and not well-known, you know, like they, they, you know, they threw in their, their time doing Odyssey and then they got well-known. No, like they were well-known before they came to Odyssey. You know, I, like I think of Jess Harnell and how I was amazed when I figured out, oh, wait a minute, he's like wacko from the Animaniacs and like, you know, all these other cartoon voices. And it was like, whoa, you know, like these are, uh, pretty big people out there that are doing some pretty amazing things yeah and there's another thing too that i think has contributed to odyssey's longevity is the lessons and the moral in the shows they are they're timeless but they also address modern topics like early in the show uh divorce um like with uh um connie's uh parents and i think one episode with uh eating disorders and then later on with abortion, and as you know, time has progressed. It's been you know over three decades now, and also uh, fairly recently with um, the Truth Chronicles talking about like uh, um, absolute truth about having a Christian worldview, like apologetics, and also with the ties that bind, which tackles the subject of you know traditional family, um, what family is, the role that God plays in our society. I'm looking at doing a topic like this for a future podcast, but Odyssey does a really good job of bringing down those complex issues, those complex things that's happening in our world, and break them down to a kid's level, and not be, and what they, a lot of times what they try to do is, you know, they don't try to go overwhelmingly into the subject, because they want to leave some up to the parents to discuss with their kids, but Odyssey is a launching pad for those discussions that kids can have with their parents um not necessarily like you know the final say on everything they always want the parents to have the final say on it and you know if there is a topic or a more sensitive episode they might have a parental warning on it to let parents know about that but i think that's one thing too because you know the lesson they teach you know honesty truthfulness things like that those are you know those are timeless things but you know since they all they do keep up with the times enough to to talk about the things that kids are dealing with that families are dealing with and and whatever time odyssey is playing is i think a, a great quality that they have mm -hmm. absolutely and like we said because odyssey is so into making sure that the product that they make is a quality production it catches the eyes or ears of people more than just its primary audience which is like 8 to 12 and like Christian families, but I've seen and read and heard of people that, you know, aren't Christians that listen to Odyssey and enjoy the show. They may not agree with everything in the show and the lesson being taught, but the, since the stories are so good and the quality of the show is so good, there are many people that might not have been Christian before mm. and are now. Maybe some also that, um, you know, listen to it up in a Christian household and maybe aren't anymore, but they still like to listen to Odyssey. So Odyssey really is like the show that basically it's i guess me i guess we could say like a four quadrant or more than that four quadrant show that mm. gets everybody 
That's really interesting. I, I, I'm not, I don't think I'd heard before this actually of anyone that, that was unsaved that has listened to uh, the show. So that's really neat to hear. That's encouraging to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I see some stuff that people have written and some of it's like from a very, you know, cynical or very, sure. uh, very un- unchristian like, but when it comes down to people still, you know, they still find some good things to, to say about it. And hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. if there are unchristians listening to it, that they'll be impacted by it because, you know, what goes in is what comes out. So absolutely. And I think that's the that's the example that we want to have in Christian media, right? We want to have a show that's good enough that like, and I don't when I say good enough, I don't mean like, oh, just barely good enough. I mean, like, it's good and good caliber. And we're doing it with excellence, doing our work as unto the Lord in our in our terms of excellence. So that, um, you know, even those who are unsaved, they're not going to be put off by because, you know, there's the, the, like, let's let's pick on movies for a minute, right? There's been a long it's not it's becoming less and less of an issue. But especially years ago, it would there was a huge discrepancy between the quality level in Christian movies and secular movies where you wanted to love the Christian movie, but it was really hard because it had heart, but it, it just wasn't done well. And so it would have been hard to maybe like, you know, attract a non-Christian viewer to that movie because they just couldn't get past maybe the hokiness. And so that's that's been improving you know but uh with odyssey it's got that quality right out of the gate that like you say that even if when you're listening to um like i've listened to secular productions that are professionally done that are not even half the caliber of odyssey and so that that quality is standing out it's on on its own and you know moving into our next topic here like one of those uh, those quality things that, and one of those things to engage people and help draw them in is the fact that it has so many different genres. You know, where I live, um, I feel like people say it here, but I feel like people say it honestly, just about everywhere. Where I live, we have a lot of changing weather, so they say if you don't like the weather, wait ten minutes, and it'll change. Um, and it's a little that's a little bit like Odyssey. If you were like. If you didn't like that, that the genre of Odyssey, you know, just wait an episode or two. It'll be a different genre and give that one a try um, because there's so many different ones. Like, you know, Austin's compiled a great list here. Uh, we've got BTV ones. We've got Bible stories. We've got comedy. We've got history. We've got mysteries. We've got kids radio. We've got musicals. We've got westerns. We've got holidays. We've got slice of life. There's been a couple uh, sci-fi episodes, too. You know, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite uh, ones, um, I think this was actually, was it a BTV or a kids radio? I'm not sure, but it was called um, Hidden in My Heart, I think. Yeah, that was a kids radio episode. And it has the like the Star Trek parody with the with the whole thing where they go in, in and they've got the, what do they call them? The ding dongs or whatever, which were the, the lying oh, yeah. guys. And I don't know. As I'm th- being tempted. and i've watched a lot of star trek so for me like it had this extra like just hilarity to me where i'm like oh my goodness i love their their captain kirk kind of parody guy and his the way he just talked like you know and just like yeah it's just (laughs) so 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 funny but that's the thing right A, a show that can so so uh a show that can make me cry uh from the just the depth the show from where where i could listen to the novacom saga and oh man i remember when when connie thought that mitch had died and everything like that and like i was like like when i heard that that might have been like i mean this maybe this maybe this says i was sheltered as a kid i don't know but that was probably like the most biggest emotional thing for me in my life at that point I was like, because I grew up with Connie, right? So it's like, there's that, that almost like a friendship yeah. in a sense where I'm like, one of my best friends, someone really close to them just died and she is like going through it right now. And it just, you know, it was, it was heart wrenching, you know, 
And then we've got other things, you know, just crazy, silly things like the hit in my heart example. And yet it doesn't feel like a multiple personality disorder of a show. It, it It's cohesive. And an amazing example of that is within that Novacom saga, as Connie is dealing with her grief, there's this whole little sort of uh, mini story of her and Wooten going to the carnival, going to laser tag as he's trying to cheer her up. And it's so silly. And you've got one of the most, one of the debatably most ridiculous characters in all of Odyssey, Wooten Bassett, <laughs> helping Connie go through one of the most emotionally heart-wrenching uh you know, circumstances of the entire show as well. And you've put those two extreme things together and it didn't feel forced or weird or corny. It felt very like a very sweet storyline there, you know? Uh, and I think that's, that also goes to a testament to the quality of the writing, the acting and part of why it is so loved, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the strength that Odyssey has is because if they just did episodes, you know, chronicling the life of Wit and the kids and Connie and Jean and Woot and all these people, they would run out of stories, I think, really quickly. And it could turn into like a soap opera where it's basically like the like the archers. Basically, it's, you know, very extreme situations or very, you know, overdramatic and unrealistic but since they have the opportunity, you know, do like a variety show here or a mystery here and do holiday specials and this kind of stuff, there's a lot more leeway for them to get more stories out of the show. And totally. I, there may be, you know, some overlap. Like after the last hiatus, there were some episodes that seem pretty similar to some older shows. I mean, that's kind of bound to happen after so many years. But still, since they have, you know, different characters, different situations... There are so many different ways to go at a story now, even though it may have like the same moral or maybe the same a few of the same characters, but they're able to do so many different ways to show a lesson or show a yeah. story. Well, and I think that's good too, right? Because you know, in in a similar fashion to you know uh, when you go to church, you know, maybe you've heard your pastor speak about grace, but it just didn't hit you that day. Uh, you know, maybe you didn't sleep well last night, so you weren't paying attention. Maybe you uh, were too hungry, um, whatever it might have been, right? It just didn't hit you the right way. Maybe the way he phrased it didn't quite get it to you, but it did for someone else. And, you know, two years later, you're back at church, same pastor, and he's preaching a slightly different message on grace, but it hits you that time. You know, and I think it's similar to that with Odyssey, you know, like there's a lot of different ways that you can make analogies for the same message that, to get it across uh, in a, to a specific person where they're, uh, where they're at, you know, but uh, kind of like backpedaling a little bit here to what you were just saying about characters and stuff too. I think that's another one of the strength of, of Odyssey is both, both the caliber of characters, great, great, well-written characters that we've gotten to see arcs some of those arcs are uh cut a little shorter than i'd like to because they they got too old for the show um i say that in air quotes too old for the show i mean that's that's kind of an arbitrary decision they've made but i digress um they but the thing is uh they've also written it in a way as as good ensemble cast shows do that odyssey can function without even major key characters we saw that over a period of time when uh they they were looking for a new wit <laughs> yep to, to a new guy to play wit we saw that over a period of time and and quite frankly uh you know long life and happiness to andre uh Stoichko, however you pronounce his name um hopefully he's doing wit for a long long time but if the, if when comes the time that he is no longer doing wit, I would be perfectly fine and almost think it's about time that Odyssey moves on without wit. I'm okay with Odyssey without wit. I know that's maybe a controversial opinion, but to me, wit is has has been a big part of Odyssey, but he is not the actual heart of Odyssey. I, if anything, I would almost debate to say that Connie. If there were as a main character to Adventures in Odyssey, it's not Wit, it's Connie. Because she has been with us 
from the beginning from with the same actress all the way through no no hiatus away connie has always been with us but either way even if connie wasn't there like the show still works it can live on forever because technically it's just about this town of odyssey nothing else technically needs to be there for it to exist but i'll let you respond to that because maybe i've maybe i've opened a can of worms (laughs) uh i'd probably disagree with you i would be okay if there was another actor that played with after andre wouldn't be able to anymore but again i think well, I do kind of agree that Odyssey can survive without Wit. I mean, not necessarily forever, because actually the time that Jack and Jason were running Wits in when after Hal Smith had passed away, some of those episodes during that era are some of my favorite episodes and probably some of the best episodes. And I think it was a great testing ground for them to show, hey, this show can do shows without, you know, Wit or Connie and Eugene all the time. Well, Connie, Connie and Eugene at that time, you know, were... Uh, you know, made a little bit more of a major characters. And then, um, you know, Eugene was gone for a while too. And what I have here, like some, there are some episodes where there's quite a bit of episodes that there's no major character, like her wit con Eugene and Wooten's considered a major character now too. Um, I don't feel the greatest about pairing him with the, you know, the original three, but, uh, there's episodes like, uh, there's, there's like the episode like break a leg where it's basically revolves all around Edwin Blackard and Shakespeare and Shakespeare gets his leg broken because Cal was reckless with his bike. And it focuses on Edwin Shakespeare, Alex Cal, and a little bit of crime, Brian Dern. That's pretty much all the characters we know from previous episodes. And the episode is great. It's funny. It's, it gives the characters a chance to shine on their own. I'm also like heat wave. That was an early episode where, Mm -hmm. We had no major characters, or I, might, or I might say like the adult characters, because it's just Jack and Oscar, Robin, and Digger Digwillow, and then there's Mr. Oh, yeah, Mr. Watson of the hardware store, basically. And <laughs> that show is great. It's a classic episode. Yeah. Um, And then also like Easy Money, where it's just basically um, Sam and Butch, and those are fairly minor characters, and they... And a little, there's a cameo from George Barkley, but the show has so many different characters and they can create and bring characters in, bring some out. And the show still works in a lot of different ways. They can have episodes without the major characters and let them get the spotlight for a little while. And it works. It still works. It doesn't feel odd. So, so maybe I should clarify here and see if you, if you agree with this or not. Um, when I say that I think it could func- it could work without Wit and I'd be fine with them just like not replacing Wit with a new actor, it does still need the function of Wit, even if it doesn't need the character of Wit, in the sense that we had um you know, we had Jason and Jack kind of split some of Wit's characteristics while he was gone during that time Mm -hmm. you know and we've at other times and especially as time has gone on we've seen characters like Connie kind of take on a bit of the Wit function in terms of giving kids advice and and running Wit's end and things like that you know so there's all that kind of thing I guess for me in in any kind of series any kind of show kind of thing or or whatever I've just always personally preferred that when they can't get an actor or actress back, that they just kind of write that character out and kind of give me a new character that serves the function, but is a new person. Cause I, I don't know. I just, like I say, you know, you've been spent so much time with those characters and that actor portraying that character. It feels like your friend that when you hear that other voice, you just feel like it's an imposter pretending to be your friend and you just, don't like them you know i i finally and you're probably gonna be like oh my goodness it took you this long <laughs> but i finally accepted andrea's wit all right it took the green now mind you i'm way out of date on a lot of things but i listened to the green ring way after it came out and the green ring conspiracy made me kind of like you know what yeah yeah this is wit i this this is not the guy this is not paul this is you know this is not how but this is this is wit now I will say, and this is probably, I think this is worth noting. Um, the first wit that I got used to was Paul Herlinger, and then I heard Hal Smith. So to me, Paul has always been wit. 
So, you know, it's not, I, I think I realized that that is a personal bias then, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't have to do with who is there for worse. Well, this guy was the old guy, so he's better. It's just what I'm used to. And then there's kids now that the only way they know is Andre. And then one day they're going to listen to Paul and Hal and they're like, who are these jokers? Like, this is, give me my wit, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the year 2077, when we've got wit number 15, all of these guys <laughs> will seem, um, so irrelevant, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm saying, I don't think they'll do, I do it. I feel like if they lost wit at this point, they probably just stop their show or something, but, um, I'm hoping neither of those things happen, of course, but I, I would be okay if they kind of just, uh, you know, adjusted it kind of thing. Cause I also wonder, like they're kind of setting up a precedent that these characters must all last forever because what happens when, I mean, how old is the actors for, you know, Connie and Eugene at this point, they are probably about as old as Hal Smith was when he started in the role. Um, getting around there so you know i don't know they, they, they becomes more and more of a disparity in in age but i suppose the, the whole connie age vortex is a whole other discussion well i know this is kind of a tangent but there has been people there have been some people discussing um i'm not certain how uh recent of episodes you've heard but there are some characters that um on the show one is renee who's actually only in the club episodes that's kind of like a little bit like connie a little bit like eugene and she's a non-christian and she's an also employee at whitson there's another character too named horace who's a lab assistant for eugene at the college and he's kind of like eugene a little bit and a little more quirky and also you know jason's still on the show and recently introduced the character of wilson knox who's the pastor in odyssey and um recently uh tom riley's sister and so if there was a time for them to you know have no wit for a while i think at this point now they have enough characters that they could fall back on or continue the show um and it remains to be seen if all those characters last more than you know a few more years but um yeah odyssey Odyssey's strength one of their biggest strengths is the characters that they create and you know, people may not be able to know what their favorite episode is, but they usually have like a favorite character on Odyssey. Yeah, that's true. That that's definitely true. It's hard to say your favorite episode because there's just so many now. Mm-hmm. Over nine hundred. That's crazy. Well, I don't know if nine hundred have been over nine hundred have been fully produced, but I know over nine hundred been recorded. But since we're on that subject, what would be your favorite Odyssey character? Oh, my favorite Odyssey character. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I uh, I feel like maybe for people around our age, this might be common. But a few years ago, I would have said Wooten, but not really anymore. And it's not that I think that he, I mean, Jess Hartnell is amazing. Don't get me wrong. The writers are amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it's a little bit like Larry the Cucumber. I thought he was the coolest when I was a kid. And then they just made every VeggieTales episode ever about him. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not really not really feeling it anymore. And I feel like that happens a lot uh, in movies, particularly animated movies. Or you get like this one, the goofy character, and then they give them their own spinoff. And then you're kind of like, yeah, it's, it doesn't work anymore. They're good as a sidekick, but I don't really want to hear stories about them all the time. And... I'm not saying I don't like stories about Wooten. I do. I think he's a phenomenal character, but it's one of those things that like, I don't know. I feel like also I'm sure as he's had to mature a little bit to make him believable uh, at this point is, I don't know. It's just, it's a little bit of an imbalance to me. And it's one of those things where it's like, I like my goofy characters, but I like them in a level of moderation. And if you focus on them too much, it just kind of, kind of take something away from them. I don't know why or how exactly the psychology of that is, but it, it does for me. So, uh, but I still think Wooten's great. He's just not my favorite one anymore. Um, I've always liked Connie. She's got a lot of depth and all that um, as a character. So I've always really kind of enjoyed everything with her, but I'm trying to think, I know, hmm, 
That is a well. Well, let me. I'll I'll think on that for a second. Who's your favorite character? Oh wow, you're the guest host. You can't say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I kind of break it down to like my favorite adult character, my favorite kid character. Um, favorite kid character would be Jared Dwight. Um, he's been my favorite for quite a while. Um, my favorite adult character is probably Jack Allen. That's kind of surprising probably to some people, but I kind of, again, I talked about like how I liked a lot of the episodes when it was, you know, in the Middle East and Jack Hat and Alan Young too, probably, I think brought a lot to the character, like his quiet demeanor. He has a little bit, you know, a little bit of a sneaky side a little bit, but he's like, you know, he describes himself as painfully polite. He's a very nice person, but he can, you know, he can in the right times, you know, be very stern. But I think, yeah, I think, I would think he was, he would be my favorite adult character. Wooten was for quite a while, but like you said, when the people focus too much on, you know, the quirky characters or when they focus too much on, you know, the goofy people, then that can, you know, make you not like me quite as much, which I like Wooten in moderation, which I think recently now they've, Wooten and Penny, which is his wife, um, they've kind of, there are very few episodes now, which I kind of like, because I don't actually like Wooten and Penny together, but they've, I think got to the point where they're, the amount of episodes they're in now, I'm totally fine with that. But yeah, Jack Allen would be my favorite adult character, Jared Dwight would be my favorite kid character. Those are really good choices. Great, 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 great characters, and yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, Jared is definitely a, uh, a favorite for sure. I was disappointed. I was excited when he came back after the Novacom thing and then disappointed when he just, you know, uh, unceremoniously disappeared again. But what you gonna do? Springboarding off of that, I really liked his brother Trent. Thought he was really mm-hmm. funny with his sort of yep. imaginative, uh, overactive imagination. Really reminded me of um, Isaac from some of the classic episodes and his overactive imagination and things like that. I don't know. Something about their characters kind of reminded me of each other in certain ways. Um, yeah, I've also always liked Rodney. I've thought he's really funny and the Rathbones in general. Not role models, but funny. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, those are those are good choices, too. Well, I think we probably uh, beat that topic to death. Uh, so um, <laughs> the, ne- uh, the next topic, but well, that was a lot of fun. Um, one other thing I have down here is Odyssey, I think, has lasted so long is because it's not a visual medium. I and mean, it was for a little while. They did make cartoons out of it, but, you know, we don't talk about those. <laughs> um, but one of the reasons why I've seen all of them. What are your What are your opinions of them? The cartoons? Yeah. Well, you know, funny thing is I actually saw the cartoons before I heard the show. Wow. They're having people like that, I know. Yeah, so if it weren't for the cartoons, I never would have actually heard them. Because um, I remember when I got an album, a, a cassette tape album for a birthday when I was young, and I was like, oh, it's another Odyssey cartoon. And they're like, no, 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 that's not a cartoon. This is like tapes. I'm like, say what? How does this work? And But it was the coolest thing, you know? And uh, and then I was like, oh, well, this is odd. And at first, my parents were like, oh, are you disappointed it's not a cartoon? I'm like, no, it's got like 12 ep- episodes instead of like one story. This is awesome. You know, um, no, I thought they were I thought they were good. Um, I always wished that they had taken Dylan, the main kid they usually focus on in the cartoon ones and, and gave him like a cameo episode at the time. But they never they never did that. Um I think they made those around the time, or at least some of those around the time they were searching for a wit because there was one episode, it was like a cart- a Western one, and the guy comes on the screen and he's talking his wit. I'm like, that is not wit. What is that? And it's not someone they ended up using. It wasn't Paul. It wasn't Hal. Uh, it's just some random dude. And uh, it stuck out really weird. But uh, yeah, I know they I think later on um, when Paul Hurlinger came on, I think they redubbed his lines interesting um, for that. So I think the, the newest versions may not may not have that anymore. So mine's like a, my cassette tape is like a collector's item then. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I, I've, I've taken us off topic. Oh, no, that's that's fine. I mean, if, if I got you listen to Odyssey itself, that's awesome. Yep. But 
with it not being a visual medium, it's cheaper to make. I know Odyssey does take a lot of money to make and produce. Sure. But if this was a show that was like either a cartoon or something um, with real actors, then, you know, the money for it would be out of this world. And I don't think the show would have lasted as long. Like, I'm glad that folks and family at the beginning, they didn't say, oh, let's just make a uh, a live action or a cartoon um, kid series. And they named the Adventures in Odyssey. I'm glad they didn't do that because we probably would not be talking about Odyssey right right now, really. No. But since they started as a radio drama and had faith in the medium, mm-hmm. it's lasted so long. Well, and I and I think about it and I feel like this experience is, I've hear, heard this from a lot of people at this point. The two places I listened to Adventures in Odyssey the most was... Uh, number one, for me personally, as a kid, I would listen to Odyssey uh, going to sleep. Uh, and I don't know. It just focused me and helped me sleep. So I'd put on Odyssey and I'd go to sleep listening. So, you know, I'd oftentimes listen to the same, you know, CD or whatever um, three nights in a row because I'd fall asleep before the CD finished. But um, yeah, and the other place would be the car. And those are two things, two two times I... Uh, I would not be able to do it if it was a TV show. Some people can fall asleep to the TV. I couldn't do that personally. So being able to listen kind of thing or be able to listen when you're driving uh, is just a really, it's a cool experience. In fact, the first time I heard Adventures in Odyssey was like, besides the cartoons, was on the radio, on a local radio station. The station was barely coming in. It was an FM station. And I was like, what is this? I'm like, there's people, it's like a story. There's like, what is going on right now? I'm like, we have to get this station in. And I only heard like a scene and I'm like, what was that? And I heard them say something about Mr. Whitaker. And I was like, that's like the guy in the cartoon. What's going on right now? So I I thought it was pretty cool later when I did hear the audio drama and that there were so many that it wasn't just like, you know, oh, they just did this one radio adaption no no no. this was the main deal and they've been doing it forever so yeah the 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 lack of visual is amazing you know in the sense that it's not a visually produced medium but there's a strong visual to the medium in the sense that as you are listening it you're you're really painting that picture you know and i think I, i mentioned this when i was on the audio theater central podcast with jd that i think in a way that helps the listener become more personally attached to the character because you've played a hand in sort of creating that character in your mind. And so it the, the locations, like what you imagine Wit's End looking like and what I imagine Wit's End looking like could be very different. But to each of us, that's a very personal thing. And so it's a, it's a, it's a place that we go that in our mind that other people go, but it's different for each of us. So it's it's so, so personal and i think that also inspires and helps kids and adults as as well to be to think creatively you know to inspire our minds and brains and that's one of the beauties of the medium versus a video is that that where everything is just kind of like here you go this is what it is kind of thing you know um it inspires us to think yeah and 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 it's also too like the listener they kind of own part of the show basically like absolutely this is what it sounds like this is what i'm creating in my head to make it look like like for wit's end when i was a kid um my dad taught at a bible college okay and we went to the school cafeteria quite often and that cafeteria to this day is pretty much how I imagine what's in when I'm listening. Like, when you go in the door to the left, there's a counter there where you got your food, and there's all the booths and the tables to the right there. And I just kind of imagine, like, stairs, because it's like, it's like a, just a one-story one building. And I can imagine the stairs. And, you know, that, it, it's a very it's a very personal thing. And then, so, like, when you talked about with Connie, with her, um, when she thought that Mitch died, that was, you know so emotional because you basically you've created in your mind like what Connie looks like you've you know seen her struggles and seen her become a Christian all this stuff you get so attached to these characters that I don't think you would have that attachment if you could you know if you were watching them all the time and not just listening to them yeah no I, I I agree there's also the multitasking factor right you could be doing dishes (laughs) dishes <laughs> yep doing dishes and and listening to to audio drama i've done that a bunch of times or, or, or you know cleaning up your 
you're you're vacuuming and you have your earbuds in and you're listening you know and and what have you um so it's one of the it's one of those things and even recently this is very topical but right now as a lot of people have been at home due to circumstances in the world beyond our control at this point uh you know for me i have you know with my work and everything like that at the at the peak of all of this i was probably doing somewhere between like, like somewhere around like you know 8 or 8 plus zoom slash facetime calls a week and so it it was getting you know and then all of my work even work that wasn't traditionally on the computer became work on the computer and so by the end of the day i mean i wear glasses my eyesight is not my strongest feature um my my eyes were so tired and i was constantly getting headaches and so at the end of the day when i wanted to unwind i didn't want to flick on netflix i didn't even want to pull out a book because i still had to look at the words but i could put on a podcast i could put on an audio drum i could put on something like adventures in odyssey and listen uh and give my eyes a break yeah exactly i got you're talking about like uh, listen to odyssey as you go to bed i still do that quite a, quite a bit and there's certain episodes that um not necessarily, not necessarily because they're boring, but um, my brain thinks, okay, yeah, this is the episode that I listen to when I fall asleep, and usually before the episode's over, I'm 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 asleep. Well, it's comfort. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would think that too. I mean, I don't have it on my list here, but just um, when you mentioned that, you know, it's a place people want to live in. It's a place people want to go to, and I think that's yeah the appeal of it. Like absolutely, especially I would say, especially nowadays, this is a place where we would want to live. The people that we want to see every day and interact with, and like who you know, who wouldn't want to go on an imagination station adventure? Absolutely. That's here's maybe a. I, I know I got to stop asking you questions because I'm I'm the guest, but but I just want to hear what you think. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. We haven't had a chance to, to. I don't think this is the first time we've actually talked in quote unquote person. I mean, video call here. But um, so I, I'm just curious if you could go to Wits End and you could only do one thing there, what would you do? I would think it would definitely be an imagination station adventure. I would say. I don't think I would put this on the on the list as a major thing, but I think the Imagination Station is one of the biggest factors, the biggest attractions, I guess you would call it, of Adventures in Odyssey. People may not remember the name of the episode, but they remember, oh yeah, that one has the Imagination Station, or yeah, they go back and see this person yep. here, or this person here. And to tell those Bible stories, and, and see, the interesting thing is, it's not just telling the Bible story as a dramatization of that Bible story, which is great when those things happen too. Um, who is it? The, the, the Adventum that has been doing that um, and, and doing that well. Um, but one of the great things, especially for kids, I think, with the Imagination Station adventures that are Bible stories, is that you have someone a little bit like you who, you know, and, and sees things maybe at your age level and things like that, uh, who can kind of be our guide to the story kind of our intermediary between us and the story to help people understand things that i mean let's face it the bible is written like over you know uh, quite a long time ago you know <laughs> and so and not written in english either it's been translated and so and and beyond even just translating it we're also talking about vastly vastly different cultures that uh between our own and the time that it was written in and, and the customs and things that they had. So to to understand those things, especially as a child, is 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 tricky. You know, it's tricky for, for us even as adults, no matter how much we learn about the, uh, the Bible, there's always so much more to learn. And so to have someone a little bit like us, one of the kids that we've become familiar with on Odyssey, to be a guide for us is really cool. Or on the flip side... And they've done this a number of times too, where it's not a kid that we're we're familiar with on Odyssey. This is one of their first times showing up, and this is used as a way, a, a familiar vehicle, then for us to kind of get to know the character too, and and form an attachment. Like we've gone on an adventure together. Yeah, like I remember this this guy. Like we went on an adventure together. We're old pals mm-hmm. now, you know. Yeah, and again, I guess we talking about like talking about their like. Kids can picture themselves being in those situations in the imagination station, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, eating at Wits End, you're gonna picture yourself, and and even as adults, um, at least speaking for myself, I I can picture myself, you know, 
in certain situations and certain characters. And also, um, kind of going to our next topic, which is because Odyssey isn't just for kids. I mean, it kind of irks me when people call it just a kid's show <laughs> because it's not. It's very much for everybody. And like mm-hmm. the people that when you were kids, you might have related with like, you know, Sam or Lucy or, or Jack or Jared or these kids. And then when you're older, you might relate more with like Eugene or Connie or Jason and these people because, you know, the stories are written so well and the stories tell situations that adults and the things they have to deal with and also kids as well. I think that's one reason Odyssey has been around so long. It's because it's not just for kids. If it was just for kids, it might not have its as big of an impact, but because they have enough in it for everybody from the youngest kids, the oldest kids, teenagers, the moms and dads, um, grandparents, there's still something for everybody. Well, I think that's also too, because you know, it's a show that at at its core is hoping to, you know, do two things really, right? You know, I mean, think about who is producing it. It's focus on the family. So naturally, they're they're interested in not not just giving positive family-friendly uh entertainment to children, but also to do it in a way that is going to bring the whole family into the room. That's going to keep the interest of mom, dad, you know, the teenage brother, the younger sister, everyone, you know, in, in that same room, drawing them together. So that's one of their goals. So they, they it's in their best interest to make sure everybody uh, can get into it. But the other thing is that at its core, right, it's teaching the truths and the principles of the Bible. And I know that you and I both believe that no matter where you are in life, whether it's your age, your stage, your whatever it may be, the Bible is for you. And so these principles being translated in ways that we can understand in our own lives and situations that apply in our own lives uh, that are familiar with us, it has that that application and 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 uh, we get so much out of it. You know, I've had I'm sure you've had this too many different times as an adult going through a situation, something that maybe is is tricky in life and then. Uh, thinking back to something Connie said or Mr. Whitaker said or even Wooten said and going like, yeah, that thing they went through is kind of like this. And then and then it makes you remember that Bible verse they talked about that Chris used in the wrap up in the end. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm going through right now. And God is able to use it then to to nudge us along, you know. And so I think, yeah, with that, it's for all ages. And again, it's it goes even beyond the, the, the Christian aspects, but the actual production, the quality of production and the and the the levels of character. That's why I wish I know this is something that a lot of older fans have, especially ones who grew up with it, um, maybe have a little bit of a beef with. And I kind of alluded it to earlier. That's why I really wish they would let more characters uh, age older yeah you know i think because of that because it does appeal to everyone every age group but if there's any age group that i feel like they miss the most often it's teenagers and that's because when the kids hit puberty they disappear from odyssey and then maybe they come back as a cameo as an adult or we focus on stories with adults but we tend to miss that that kind of in between uh age group who who still loves the show and would love to have someone who like them characters like Aubrey. I always thought were a great Aubrey Shepard were a great character. She was one of the few teenage characters we got to kind of, uh, relate to and going through, you know, a lot of those things and being like, wow, like this is a character I, I, I really relate to, you know? So I do wish they would let a few more characters like age. I understand it's also not just, uh, a factor of their decision but also actors and their contracts and what they want to be doing at their point in their career but but yeah there's so much for everyone well recently right now they have two characters um jules and buck which are both teenagers and i believe they were both introduced on the show as teenagers and they're both non-christians and i think odyssey has been able to do i know they had like one episode where they were both learning how to drive or both got their driver's license um and they have the right now they have the potential to do it i don't think they have done as much as they could with them but i think of since they're both non-christians it might it's at this point um it might be a good idea to see okay these teenagers like you know what are they dealing with and 
how can, you know, because they're, I won't say too much because I don't know how much you know about the show right now, but basically both of them are uh, very closely connected to some of the major characters in the Odyssey that are Christians. And it gives it, it gives an idea of, I guess also their parents, like, you know, how to reach, you know, like foster kids or kids in your household that, you know, don't believe the same as you do. Mm -hmm. And also for kids, like, okay, these are kids that are like me. And so I hope that if in one day they do have these, or one or both characters become Christians, that can be also be a a help to the teenagers listening as well. Well, I think you just touched on a really good point, actually, about the parents there and, and dealing with like, you know, foster kids and things like that. Because all through Odyssey, I have noticed that that it's very common to have, you know, kids going through something. You have a scene with the parents where they kind of pick up on that. And then the parents are having a conversation together. Like, okay, should we, should we let them learn by experience this time? Should we step in? And you're hearing the parents have those parenting conversations, which are useful uh, things for parents listening to about like, okay, how to approach things or how to even just sit down and talk together, you know? So there's, yeah. So much. We could talk about that forever. But yeah. <laughs> and also, too, like the episodes we talked about, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you probably uh, agree with this, too, that some of the best episodes are the ones with parental warnings on them because they're episodes that are mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little uh, more serious, or a little more mature and the lessons and the things happening in the episode. Um, again, you know, it's family friendly, clean content, but, you know, like with, you know, more harder topics or more intense situations um and also too i mean again they get the parents involved like hey this may be an episode you may listen to with their kids or preview to make sure if it's okay with them or for not them or not and i remember i think it was one it might have been episode 500 or one of the retrospective episodes where i think steve harris one of the co-creators of odyssey talked about for odyssey they made sure that they did not want to talk down to kids at all like they talk to kids on their level they don't put them aside like hey uh you know uh what you're doing what you're dealing with oh yeah it's nothing they don't do that they show the kid in a real situation and how kids can deal with it and i think that's been a help to a lot of kids yeah and also the jokes too i mean there's you know jokes and there are some lines in an episode that i had no idea what they meant or didn't think they were that funny but the older i got and episodes i've listened to you know for hundreds or tens, twenties, whatever, hundreds, uh, so many times. And then I found out, oh yeah, I never noticed that before. Or, you know, little Easter eggs they've added in the episode. So the episodes themselves are, you know, there's a lot of great replay value in a lot of them. Totally. I mean, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of elements in different episodes too, of like references to things, even something as simple as a famous episode, like a license to drive. Like that is, that, the, the whole title is a pun on something the kids probably never heard of. And also, too, I think it also comes down to a lot of it now is a nostalgia factor. Like, I'm seeing, like, comments on, like, social media and stuff like that of people that grew up listening to Odyssey, and now they're sharing with their own kids. And sometimes it's like a two or three generation thing, like, being passed down from the parents to the kids, and those kids becoming parents, and them having kids, and then those kids going on. Because, you know, it's Odyssey's been around for, I think, 33 years now. And that's, you know, over three generations, basically about three generations that the show has been around. And it's, and again, it's because it's, it keeps on going. People will find out like, oh yeah, that show's still running. And they might go back and like, oh yeah, I remember these. And then get hooked again on them. Absolutely. And I think the most important or probably the most prevalent factor in Odyssey's longevity is I think it has God's blessing on the show. Because at the heart of the show, it's, it was meant to be, Dr. Dobson, he meant it to be a counter, basically um, to go counter the culture at the time. Um, I think he was talking with somebody saying that, you know, you can't just complain about the way things are going on right now, the media, the stuff kids are seeing or hearing or watching and experiencing and not have something to counter that. And because they focus so much on the spiritual aspects of it, you know, a kid that may never go to Sunday school they might hear an Odyssey episode. They might get you know, in a Chick-fil-A uh, kid's meal, or they might have a friend down the road that goes to church, let them borrow an album. And, you know, there's been, you know, tons of people that I've, I've read or heard of that, you know, they got saved after like listening to 
Connie become a Christian or Eugene become a Christian. And that's that's something you can't discount at all, that this is still having an impact today as much as it was, if not more so than it was when the show first started. Absolutely. Yeah, God's hand has definitely been uh, on the people there. And I mean, maybe this is something we don't think about enough, but it's something worth saying that, you know, we should always be keeping uh, them in their prayers and they're in, in that you know, those things are going well and their endeavors. I know that uh, they're certainly praying for us that these messages reach us and stuff. So got to be praying for them uh, as well. It's interesting in, in another sense that this is a t- in a time like this when so many television shows and movies have had to put their production on hold because they can't, you know, maybe there's two actors on screen, but there's like 60 to 100 technical people behind the scenes at a shoot and so they can't film their scenes because of social distancing guidelines. Whereas uh, in a time like this, even if everyone had to record at home with their own vocal booth and, and mic and send files in, Odyssey could still happen. They actually, they are, they have done that. They have done at least two episodes recorded remotely from some of the actors' home studios. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's, you know, God is blessing them. He's prepared them for a time like this, you know, and so, yeah, that's that's really awesome. I think it also comes down to I an mean, Odyssey Venture and Odyssey is entertainment, but it's not just entertainment. It's entertainment with a message and it presents that message very well. Um I remember hearing a story, uh, I think uh folks have about a video a while back about this um girl that grew up listening to Odyssey and um was a Christian but um she later drifted away from her faith and I think she was into drugs and had a very, very immoral life and had a lot of heartache. And one day she went to, I think it was a, a salon or a barbershop or something. And I can't remember if she was there to get something, have something done or she worked there. Yeah, I think she may work there, but there was a kid that came in and he had the official guide to Ventures and Odyssey and the big book with, you know, all stuff <laughs> about Odyssey with them reading it while I was there. Yep. And she recognized like the, the the pictures or the logo or the name of it or whatever and she talked to him about it and um i guess she talked talked quite a bit about it with him i think i think she might have been cutting his hair too and they talked about it and she didn't know i think she didn't know that it was still going on and after work um i think she stopped at a christian bookstore and she bought i think it was the latest odyssey album i think it was album 50 the best small town and she said it's like you know coming back home something to that effect and that was a start of her coming back to God and wow and she has a she has a great family now she got she got married has some kids of her own now and you know that's that's something really powerful there that's you know i think that is probably the major region odyssey has lasted so long it's not just because it's such a great show it is it has great characters and great stories it does but at the heart of it is the heart to reach kids and their whole family for for eternity absolutely yeah well said well did you have anything to add to that or do you are you ready to wrap it up it's interesting you know dr dobson's original vision was to 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 counter culture i almost disagree that that happened though in a sense that i think for like for uh, first of all i will disagree that that should be a goal um controversial i guess but uh i think what odyssey has done as has not counterculture but encounter culture it has come to to the culture with an answer instead of creating a counterculture that is uh separate from the culture but a culture that it that, and that is coming and engaging with the culture and maybe that's what's intended by the original phrase but um it's common meeting people it's come and talking not like you say not shying away from the big subjects but talking about those big subjects so that we're equipping uh kids adults uh alike for uh the culture that is around them you know and also interestingly enough when we're talking about culture you know there's been a number of uh, great missionary stories or imagination station adventures and things like that that are in other locations and things like that to help us uh, remember that the gospel is something that is is beyond our own local culture, 
but is something that is applicable uh, in all cultures so that we can uh, find the truth, the core truths of it, uh, independent of our own cultures and bring that to the situation, you know? Um, but also, too, I an mean, Odyssey is heard around the world, and especially with the club now. People that don't have a radio station um, can, you know, if they have access to the internet, they can listen to the Venture Odyssey Club. Uh, I know the official podcast had a couple episodes where they interviewed some of the people or the family members that were, like, the only people in their country that had Venture Odyssey Club. And, you know, it's in English, and they have done some Spanish uh, language episodes, radio episodes. You know, it's amazing how, you know, it is, people do know it worldwide. And, you know, especially more likely, you know, more English-speaking cultures or more prominent English-speaking areas. But, you know, it's not just a U.S., it's not just a U.S. show. It's not It's not Odyssey USA. Totally. It's not Odyssey USA anymore. It's totally a worldwide thing now. Totally. And, I, and I'm glad. I mean, because, I mean, as a Canadian... Uh, I feel like I'm. I feel more. <laughs> I feel more welcome in Wits End when I went. Not that I have anything against the U.S., but I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things that makes it feel more familiar. Like it, I'm like, oh yeah, this could totally be a, a a neighborhood near me. And especially with you know them not saying what state Odyssey is, it also I guess helps the listener claim like, okay, yeah, that's that's my town. That's my town there. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Well, that was a really fun discussion. Thanks so much for joining me, Christopher. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be asked, uh, especially when I know you have so much knowledge on the subject and I'm, I'm comparatively and quite a novice. As much as I love this show, I'm, I'm quite a novice comparatively, but um, it's just a pleasure to be on and just nerd out about Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, it's been really great to have you on here. I don't think we've really discussed Odyssey at a real long length i know we've chatted about it in the past so i love getting other perspectives from different people on the show that either have listened to odyssey for you know years and or may not still listening to as much or people that you know like you mentioned like uh became aware of odyssey because of a different reason than me so yeah it's it's always fun to have a guest host on the show and it's great to be able to talk with you so if you guys enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast. This podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you can find podcasts. And make sure to let me know what you thought of this podcast, if you agreed or disagreed with anything that Christopher and I said, or if there's another reason you think Odyssey has lasted so long, you can do that by emailing me at odysseygeek at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at odysseygeek. Remember, that's O-D-Y-S-E-Y-G-E-E-K. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hi, I'm J.D. Sutter, host of Audio Theater Central and chair of the ATC Seneca Awards Committee. The Seneca Awards recognize excellence in the world of family-friendly audio drama. The third annual awards for productions released in the year of 2019 is just around the corner, and we want to invite you to tune into the broadcast. Join us on Friday, July 24th, 2020 at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, as we award winners in 11 different categories. In addition to announcing the winners, we'll have guest presenters, short audio drama features, and more. The broadcast will be streamed live at thesenecas.org and on 920WON, The Apple, in New York City. For more information, head over to thesenecas.org, and we'll see you on Friday, July 24th, at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern.